You're listening to Pole Parlor, a fun, inspiring podcast for all those bewitched by pole dance. Each week, your Madam Crimson Minx has candid conversation with unique, engaging individuals from within and around the pole dance community. Pole Parlor is passionate about preaching creativity, soulful sensuality, and empowerment through pole dance. You know how we do. Welcome everyone to Pole Parlor. This is episode 55, Shane Godlyman. I'm your host, Crimson Minx. This week on the podcast, we have pole athlete and coach Shane Godlyman. On this episode, we talk about Shane's history in athletic and how he found pole as a physical trainer, his experience as a male poler in a female-dominated industry, his methods on addressing fear and reaching optimal performance with his clients, and his new podcast, aptly titled The Shane Godlyman Show. It's my first podcast interview with a fellow podcaster. And don't forget to check out Shane's post-podcast interview on the blog at PoleParlor.com, where he shares his favorite photos, music, video, and more. And while you're there, find links to all the Pole Parlor social media, including the private Facebook group, so let's connect and hang after the show. And now, here's Shane. Welcome, Shane Godlyman to the Pole Parlor Podcast. How are you today? Great. Thank you for having me on. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. Awesome. Yeah, let's jump on in. For how long have you been pole dancing and how did you first discover pole? Uh, so I think I've been getting this wrong for a little while. I, I thought I'd been polling for a little longer than I actually had. <laughs> it's, a, it's about three and a half years okay. uh, since I first kind of discovered pole. Um, my, my discovery poll, my discovering poll story is a little bit cliche. I think in some ways I, um, you were a stripper. I, I, no, I think, I guess for the guy, from the guy <laughs> perspective, I, I went, I kept coming in. I was, you know, I wanted to learn to do a human flag in short. Um, mm. I, I was doing, I was doing personal training and I was working with a girl that was, we were working on some handstands and things. And, um, she had just sort of said, Oh, you should come down to pole. You should come down to this place and try it. You'll love it. This, that, and the other. And, um, at the time I was trying to work towards doing like something to the effect of an INX and I couldn't do it, but it was, that was basically what I was trying to do. Of course um, that was your beginner move. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I was already, you know, doing a lot of bodyweight training. I was teaching like gymnastic strength and stuff. So, you know, I had a, a decent amount of strength, but I couldn't do an INX yet. But yeah, so I, I said, well, could she help me out with this? And she showed me the video of, of the teacher at that place and she could like walk down into the human flag. And I was like, okay, that's that's pretty insane. So I was sold. So I, yeah, I went down to like an open session and, um, the, the, the this was at uh, tricksters in Bradford and Bex, the instructor, she kind of knew that I had a bit of strength and I could do different things and this and that. So she gave me a couple of little things to play with a little handstand and, uh, she showed me a reverse grab spin. Um, and that was, that was the thing that kind of did it for me. It was that moment, that spin, really? you know, the power and the kind of flick back and I came back down and I was like, okay, yeah, this is something something entirely different I could probably sink my teeth into. Um, so yeah. And then I think I didn't really jump, uh, like straight into it, like super intense. You know, I went sort of every couple of weeks or whatever, starting out initially. Um, and then the further I got into it, the further, you know, I got a bit more in, uh, a bit more involved, I guess. And, uh, I did, a I did a, a workshop with Lizette Kroll and, 
um she was talking to me about uh, she just sort of was saying like oh well when you compete the, this that and the other and i'm thinking like, well, okay well, <laughs> you have grown uh, into it <laughs> right yeah so um yeah I, a lot of people were kind of excited like because they, they said like there weren't a lot of guys around the area at the time and stuff so um yeah, yeah i got pretty good reception. so i got ex- i got brought in pretty quickly so you're in you're in britain you're in what's the city you're in uh, I'm currently in Huddersfield, which okay. is Yorkshire, north, uh, next to Manchester, for, okay. for ease of reference. Um, but I'm going to be moving to Bristol soon, which is um, a bit more southwest, next to Wales. Nice. So I'm a little bit in between. I'm in Huddersfield at the moment, but there's not a lot else in my house because I've just kind of cleaned it out and uh, getting it shifted and done. So yeah. Oh, that's no fun. So you have a new pool family to to meet when you head over there. Yeah, I mean, I've spent a fair bit of time in Bristol, so I, I know a lot of the people down there, and so it's, yeah, it's going to be good to yeah jump in and get involved with that. Nice, so cool. So let's go back. What is your so before pole you were training? What's what was what's your history in all of this movement physical training stuff? Um, I guess to do it properly, the story would start uh, in college for me, which was like 16. Um, I know it's kind of different ages, different places. Um, and it started like with basketball. Um, basketball was the first thing that I kind of, I really sort of fell in love with in terms of sport and movement and stuff. Like growing up in the UK uh, as, a, as a guy, you you, you play football. Yeah. It's just it's just what happens. There, there just isn't other stuff like even in like in sports in school, like when we're doing other activities outside of football, it's like, oh, it's such a drag. Like that's just what everyone kind of wants to do. You guys don't even have football. Uh, you just have football. We have the we have yeah we have we have the version of football where you kick the ball with your feet <laughs> rather than holding it with your hands. Um, yeah. So, but I, I just never really gravitated towards it. I didn't really, you know, I liked it enough. I was kind of quick, so you know, I could do little bits and bobs, but. Uh, yeah, so yeah, basketball like sort of sixteen was where I really fell in love with sport and and training, um, and that's when I kind of got really into you know doing training all day and you know getting up early, training for college and waiting after college and stuff. I worked much harder at basketball than I did on my actual study <laughs> at college, um, and I, I got fairly good at basketball, and I got an opportunity to go out and play in this like little academy in France, in the south of France. Um, and I did that, but I didn't do it for very long. Um, I was going to stay out there for like a year and I didn't end up um, staying staying for the full year. I just, it, it, um, I think it occurred to me that I was, as much as I loved the game, I was trying to push myself further down that road for the wrong kind of reasons, right? It was just, it was more about, I don't know, trying to prove something to, I don't know, myself, other people, whatever. Um, not not failing to acknowledge the fact that I wasn't good enough to play at the level that I would have liked to play at. So that, yeah, just to make it, not to make it sound like I just, I could have been a professional basketball player and, and walked away from it. All. Um, and then, so basically I came back from France and I was a bit like, Oh, probably got to think of something to do now, uh, which took a while, but, um, eventually I kind of ended up started doing personal training. Um, and you know, I just kind of felt like that was something that, I was going to be, I was going to enjoy more than anything. I know I can't stick to stuff if I don't enjoy it. I just, just the worst for that kind of stuff. So, uh, I had to find a job, something to do. No, no, it's yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I I started doing the personal training and I I kind of got bored of that a bit quickly because I was doing, you know, I was in a commercial gym doing, I don't know, normal, (laughs) normal, a bit bit more of the kind of boring stuff. Training non-athletes and non-maybe 
I mean, the non-athlete thing wasn't wasn't was quite fun, um, and I think that will probably come up again later with some of the other questions. But um, I think it was just kind of the mundaneness of the routine, the style of training. I just I, I just really felt like there was more I could give more and I could get more out of people, um, and it's just that whole experience could just be a bit richer, I guess. Um, which is where the whole body weight start the whole body weight stuff started um, started trying to mess around with doing some handstands and different things like that kind of got into the calisthenics scene and street workout type stuff and so that's where some of the like the body weight strength and everything came in and um, you know then like I say I was you know as I got a bit further down the line I was teaching more of that stuff I was teaching workshops traveling around a little bit and um, yeah then I then we you know fast forward to the session with that girl and she said hey come and you know come and try pole and yeah, it all kind of went from there. I mean, um, when I, so I'm not, I live up north now. I'm not from up north. Um, when I first moved up here, uh, I met a lot of different people from a lot of different kind of disciplines. I met a lot of break dancers. I met a lot of uh, parkour athletes and um, lots of, well, I guess dancers of all different styles and lots of different people and people that did kind of um, like fire breathing and all that kind of different entertainment type stuff. And would, you know, they would do uh, stilt walking, like the bouncy stilts and do flips and stuff and all. So um, I, I'd, 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 the whole time, I guess the last sort of five years of my life, I've been really, really lucky to just be around some incredible people. And it, it's all kind of filtered into, I guess, the person I am now or what I'm yeah. trying to do. It's, yeah. Yeah. Multiple influences are always good to make you yeah, well-rounded and interesting for sure. What was your perception of Paul before, like when she suggested you go give it a try? Were you like, that's for chicks? Or were you really open to it? Or did you not uh, really know anything about the community and just giving it a try? Yeah, I think as you say that, actually, I'm not sure that I even thought about it. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I think I guess mostly it was that I just didn't have any idea uh, what it was about. Um I don't know. I can't remember if she maybe showed me a video or something, but yeah, I don't, I don't remember actively thinking, oh, they can't go do this because girls do that. I mean, I feel like that's a pretty good reason to do stuff anyway. But yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I don't. Um, yeah, I don't think I had any kind of specific preconceptions. I know when I got there, you know, everything was pretty sparkly, pretty pink. You know, I did definitely notice that I wasn't maybe the average clientele that was, <laughs> you know, at that studio, but um, I was having fun. So, yeah. yeah. Have you since then kind of found um, a, a studios and tribe of people who are more along your lines of the more acrobatic athletic side, the body resistance side, or how's that? How did that work? Um, I, it didn't really work geographically like that. I don't have like one kind of space that I've been at or that I've kind of based myself out. Uh, everyone, everyone's called me a pole whore for as long as I can remember. Um, I've always, I've always loved kind of traveling around and going to different people's studios and, and training with different people and meeting different people. And, um, you know, especially being in the UK, it's, it's quite easy to get around, you know, to, you know, I can cover the whole country and in, in not a lot of time considering, or, you know, compared to other, uh, other people like yourself. Um, yeah, it's we met to in Texas. And, yeah, we were, it was like, yeah, the only way you get from place to place is a car here. So it is even difficult if I want to go to a cities a few hours away to just go train. So that's pretty cool in Europe that you guys have that that ability. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, um, 
I've, I've kind of traveled around and I, I guess I developed um, my community kind of all over, you know, it's yeah. a bit different people, different places. Um, you know, lots of people have different kind of schedules and stuff. And so um, it, with me being happy to travel around, I get invited to go to a lot of places because people know that I'll come because, you know, I'm not really bothered about driving a few hours to go for a, a pole jam or whatever. And um yeah, so I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't necessarily have like one specific place where I kind of like, oh, these are all my people, and um, you know, I've spent a lot of time in a lot of different places, and you know, have a lot of people to thank for helping me out along the way. But it's, it's been a bit of everyone, a bit of everywhere. So that's cool. And when did you start? Did you start as a coach and trainer right away? Because well, yeah, let's talk about what your role is at this point, and then how soon you started doing that and getting there. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't coaching as soon as I got into pole. Uh, I can't remember exactly like how long it was. It was maybe, I guess less than a year, um, between six months and a year, I'd say. Um, I, I had worked with some of the local polers teaching kind of strength workshops and stuff. So a few of them knew who I was. And so once I started doing pole, um, and started getting a bit better and doing, you know, doing different stuff that other people wanted to do. A few of them would sort of message me and say, Hey, well, could you come and teach me, help me out with some of this stuff? Um, and that's how I guess the coaching with the flips and everything kind of started because, um, you know, not, not only was I kind of doing that stuff and showing that I could do it, you know, it, it helps massively that I'm a guy in a, in a industry that's mostly female. Um, and I'm, you know, a bit taller, a bit bigger than most of the people that I work with. So even just from a safety aspect, a lot of people feel just a lot safer just because with me spotting them, yeah. just because I'm a little bit bigger. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that definitely helped as well. And then, yeah, there was a couple of people, I guess with the kind of stuff that I I'm teaching, you know, is quite, um, attractive visually with the, the videos on Facebook and stuff. It looks exciting. Um, and so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of, I got to work with a lot of exciting and, um, you know, high, high level athletes and things quite quickly. Cause it was, I get, it was more of those kind of guys that wanted, you know, I've got no business grabbing a beginner and telling them this is how you do a backflip. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, it's closer. It's, it's more of the advanced, um, and elite end, um, generally speaking that I work with anyway. So I, yeah, I guess I kind of, so because I started working with some bigger names and things, it, it all, it all spread quite quickly. Um, I guess that sort of authority by association, if you will. Yeah. Just, I mean, you came in at a different entry point and you totally. probably have a smaller pool of potential clients just because people have to be at a certain level to have access to what you're teaching, but you probably have like a very dedicated group of clients. Yeah, I think I think it's easier for me in that you either want to work with me or you don't, yeah. right? Like yeah. you either want to do the flips or you don't. Like if you want to do flips, you can come see me. We can do that. If you're not interested, you don't. So it, I guess it's an easier. I, I don't have to fight for the gray area yeah. quite as much. You know, there's middle ground. You know, are we? Am I in or am I out? So, yeah. So I guess it 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 is um, a bit harder in some respects, but I think mostly having uh, having a specific USP. Um, is has has helped me has benefited me a lot um I, I talk to people about that a lot in terms of when people ask me about you know progressing through the industry and stuff it's you know i think that's a big thing especially now with a lot a lot of different people and everyone's awesome so having you, you like know. a specific focus on a certain niche is that what you mean yeah i mean not necessarily in like not just by but by sort of types of movement right you don't have to bottle yourself into only teaching one type of thing 
you know, but it does help to be able to have something a little bit more specific that, you know, mm. that kind of describes the value that you, yeah. uh, that you bring to the table. Yeah. You, so what do people come to you for? Do they come for you just for training? Do you help people with competitions and showcases and things like that? Uh, yes and no. Um, I wouldn't say I help people for competitions. I've had people come to me that want to learn moves for competitions, okay. but I'm not, I'm not your competition coach, right? So I'm not, I'm not doing the choreo. Um, I'm not, you know, I can give you your opinion if you want it, I guess, but, um, <laughs> yeah, people, people come to me mostly for, for the moves, for the tricks or the combos or, you know, to kind of, I mean, people will come to me and say, Hey, I want to do something along these lines. Can, can you think of something that would add to it or whatever like that? But, you know, I can't take you from no competition routine to having a competition routine. That's, yeah, yeah. that's, yeah, that's not, You're a not consultant, quite thing. a competition consultant for, for, uh, for yeah, I like that. Let's things. use that. Yeah, <laughs> Makes you sound consultant. executive too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you have you ever competed or performed or? I have competed. Yeah, um, I, I competed. know that because I've seen the videos, <laughs> but just for people listening. <laughs> yeah, feel free to not look at the videos if you want. Um, no, I, they're super fun. They're super different. Yeah, they're just yeah, they're just me doing my thing. Um, I, yeah, so I, I have competed. I competed at um, Mr. Pole Fitness Semi Pro and then the professional as well uh, in the UK, or the you know the male category of Miss Pole Dance. Um, yeah, I mean, I I like you say, I kind of I tried to do something. I guess I didn't really try to do something different per se. I just I just did what I do, yeah. <laughs> which is just kind of pick a song that I like and go and mess about and um, be mostly unprepared and see what happens. It felt very, uh, from what the ones I've seen, it felt very like street dance, freestyle, flippy, cool tricks. Like, I don't know, not to stereotype, but it felt really dude, you know? But I, I think right. that stuff's cool, and I almost see... I see how it could influence like female pole dancers or male pole dancers. Like there was a lot of like Nadia Sharif feeling to that as well. And so, you know what I mean? Like in just like a different style of dance. So, yeah, yeah, it definitely, um, no, I don't think it, I don't think it's sort of uh, stereotyping to call it dudish. I think that, you know, that it's fairly representative of, um, the kind of style and, and, you know, a lot of people did sort of say that to me, um, it's interesting, actually. A lot of quite a few people kind of went out of their way to say, "Oh, it was quite nice to see something a little bit more manly at the competition." And I thought, "Well, oh, I don't know if you're supposed to say that. Actually, is that is that right? Should we feel like that?" Yeah. It was an interesting thing to traverse. But yeah, no. Um, like we've had Alexander Shukin on, and he is yeah. very masculine in his pole dance, but he's—I would call him very artistic. And, yeah, I can see that. And and refined and dancerly. Where yours is yeah. a bit more raw. I mean, we always it was, talk You can call it rough. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I said raw, Shane. I said raw. But it's, it's you know, we always talk in this podcast about how important it is to have all different styles represented. It's just a pull. So, you know, br- bringing your, your raw, dudish style is just as important to this industry as any other. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think I came at it like sort of from that angle. I wasn't really trying to bring something that I felt was missing. I, I guess really that was all I had. You know, I'm not. Um, I don't. Uh, you know, I'm not a choreographer in in that sense, and um, I didn't really feel comfortable trying to you know create something that I felt was you know like I. Uh, create something in a way that I felt like it was supposed to be like, you know, make it for other people, for the judges or for the company, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't really, wasn't really comfortable with that. And again, you know, it's not really what I do. So I mostly just defaulted back to, you know, just doing my thing. Cause that's, you know, that's what I have. Um, and just like, Oh, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, you know, that that's, um, you know, it gives you an opportunity to stand out a little bit more. Um, yeah. You know, when you're just doing, I mean, you're just doing what you do because no one else can do that, obviously. Totally. And, and you, it sounds like you're not really striving for the stage. It's not really your passion. It does seem like you really enjoy the coaching of it more. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess I don't really enjoy performing and competing in pole um, in the classic sense, but I'm not necessarily against performing as a whole. I don't, I'm not against the stage. Uh, I, I think in short, I feel like it's just not how I want to say what I'm trying to say. You know, when people, when people go up on stage, they create a theme, they create this routine, this character, um, you know, and they have that kind of message that something kind of deeper behind it. Um, and I, yeah, I just don't really feel like that's the way for me to communicate, you know, who I am or what I'm about. Um, I'd happily go on stage with a microphone and talk, yeah. um, or I'd, you know, I'd maybe do something that was a little bit more interactive. You know, I've done, I've, I've done battles before and stuff like that. Like I, I, I like it when I guess there's, um, someone else or something else to kind of communicate with or move with, um, and or feed off of maybe. Um, but I, yeah, I do, I do, I feel uncomfortable with the with the pole performance stuff when I, I mean I do it a little bit but it doesn't really feel like I don't enjoy it in the moment right like it's not like I'm worried about it before and then I go and do it and I'm like oh what was I worried about it's kind of like I'm not really worried about it I just know that I'm really you know it's not really kind of what I do type of thing yeah and then I kind of go on I'm a little bit uh hesitant or whatever because you know I'm not uh not in my in line with my self if yeah. you will uh, makes sense that's i mean at least you realized that and weren't trying to force something that um wasn't making you happy but that's cool that you still do like putting yourself out there are there pole battles um i think there have been a few um i think there's a few people have tried to put on some little events um i don't see much of it um that could yeah, be a thing. Kind of... I'm picturing like eight mile, you know, with Eminem. Right, like, right. Like you're coming out in your hoodie, and um, I don't know. I know, I know that, that sounds really interesting, actually. Yeah, I know. Like I, the ISPF, or whichever acronym it is that I, does I all that. Yeah, <laughs> right. <that's> fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, whichever acronym, acronym <laughs> it is. Um, they they put on something called Ultra Pole, which is like pole battles and. Um, you know, it's kind of like, like you say, it's that time, you know, 30 seconds, 30 seconds or trick yeah. for trick or however they do it. Um, I don't know how well it's been kind of received or whatever. Um, it's gotta I'm be not the sure. Right I guess people, the right audience, the right situation for sure. Maybe like a yeah. competition or something that would be good at. I guess, I guess it's harder to know how far to kind of go, you know, when the, the battles and stuff that I've been to, the events that I, you know, I've been to, it's, you know, it, it's, 
it's, it's, it's competitive and it's quite aggressive, you know, and not in a, not in a personal way, but you know, we, people are going at it. We want, I want to win, which means I want you to lose. Like, and <laughs> we don't really have that same kind of dynamic. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like, you know, some people are going to go at it a little bit harder and then other people are going to be a bit like, you know, you don't need to take it this seriously. And I don't reckon it flows as well within the poll. <laughs> I mean, I know some people have battled. It's been, you know, it's been some calls like Bendy and Ona uh, did that battle. They had yeah. a, the video on YouTube and, you know, so um, Maybe it's in a different style or in a different energy of some sort, but possibly, yeah, could be cool. But yeah, we, I like that we're that you think that the pole community wouldn't be receptive to like being competitive in the sense of like hoping for other, someone else to lose type of way. I feel like that speaks volumes, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, there is that obviously in the pole world. I I, I find it funny to kind of observe people talking about the competitions and stuff because, you know, people are competitive and, yes, of course. you know, people people want to win and, and by default that involves other people losing and stuff. <laughs> and, you know, people get into it, but we don't really talk about it very much. I feel like it's not, you know, it's not nice to be competitive, really. It's, it's a bit of a negative thing sometimes. So yeah. um, I think have... more people than we realize are competitive, but not everyone kind of voices it in the same kind of way as they might in another discipline or whatever. That's interesting. Yeah, because we talk about just being competitive with yourself. And I see a lot of people being Mm. pissed at themselves after competitions, (laughs) but not at other people per se. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Of course it happens. But I guess in because there is that personal element to it where if you are in more of like, say, um, a fitness competition, you're mad at the other person because they could lift more than you or something, then you can, I don't know, something more direct to be mad at, I guess. I don't know. That's exactly it. It's, it's all a bit broad, right? Like when we start to judge art, like yeah. we don't even, we can't even define it. So, you know, suddenly it's all this, you know, it, it's hard. So yeah, I think you're right. It's, it's maybe just a bit too broad and a bit yeah. too diverse. Yeah. Have you ever like being a male in the pole industry that, you know, that is very vocal about keeping the sexy side in some instances. Have you ever like gotten any shade or felt any, any pushback for what you do or not really? Not really. I mean, I listen to stuff that's said and some, you know, sometimes I think about it and it is kind of interesting. Uh, You know, when I started uh, a lot of people, we're kind of like I said, a lot of people were excited, but a lot of people were excited specifically because they were saying, you know, it would be nice to have some more straight men in poll. Right. And so it's kind of like, okay, that, you know, that's quite nice. And that sounds cool. And, and I totally get it. I don't, I don't think any of those people were you know, saying anything kind of wrong. But at the same time, I was also thinking that's, is that, do we, does it matter? Does it, you know, does it, does it, do we do, do, you know, what changes if the numbers, you know, shift and it, you know, I'm not making a judgment on either side. I just found it kind of interesting that, um, you know, people from this community were, you know, commenting on, on specific traits that aren't necessarily actually that important. It really mean that much. Um, but in terms of like pushback, not really. Um, I know other people have, I know other people have unfortunately had to experience negativity and stuff, but that hasn't really been my experience. Um, you, I think with there being less guys with the UK being a bit smaller, there's, you know, sometimes, you know, now that I'm a bit more recognized or whatever, I get booked for some things that, you know, people would like to get booked for, you know, not everyone's happy with stuff like that sometimes. Cause I, I, you know, I'm not the first person to be teaching flips. I'm not the first person to be doing flips and things that, you know, and so 
some people say some stuff, but it starts to become less about me being a guy, you know, more about just general kind of politics and stuff. I, I don't feel like I've had any shade for being a man. Um, yeah, like I say, people have people have been pretty accepting of it, and you know, if anything, it's more promoted. Like, uh, like you say, it's a lot of people have kind of reached out to me, and um, you know, not not sort of saying like, "Oh, you inspired me to kind of do," but it's more of that. You know, when someone else kind of does something, and you didn't really know if other people did it, and you didn't know yeah. if it was normal, and then you realize, and you kind of like, it's kind of freeing, right? So, I think it's more of that. My my journey has been, you know, a few more people have kind of been like, "Oh." I'll just keep my tracksuit bottoms on and do it pole in shoes. Like, cause you know, I don't know. Are you friends with like a lot of uh, male pole dancers that are like your style of dance? Have you connected with people kind of around the globe in that sense or? Yeah. Yeah. I've connected with a lot of, you, you guys know, I mean, have you a know, private like, Facebook group or something or. I don't, I don't have a private, uh, a private <laughs> Facebook group or a group chat or anything. I mean, you know what Instagram's like, it's, it's easy to meet people and connect and everything. Um, so yeah, I've, I've kind of, I've talked to a lot of different people that kind of do, do my style and stuff, but I mean, there's a lot of other people that I haven't connected with, you know, that I'd like to meet and stuff. And I mean, it depends how it comes around, right? Like I don't just want to just throw out loads of messages to loads of people and be like, Hey, we do stuff that's similar, have conversations with me. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of situational and, um, sometimes it's, you, you know, have to if be I, subtle. Yeah. you just have to start giving them hearts and likes. Right. Sometimes you do someone's move and tag them and, Oh, look, they commented on my video. Look how we're connecting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I guess again, you know, the male community is a bit smaller, so you get noticed a bit quicker mm-hmm. than you would if you were if I was a female doing the exact same thing, maybe maybe I don't get noticed quite as much. Um, yeah. Which just is, more. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, which is just the reality of it. But you work with mostly females? Just because Almost that's, entirely, yeah. yeah that's I mean, who are mostly the majority of the industry is. Let's keep it real. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, and I, I, it took a while for any guys to come to me to do one-to-ones and workshops and stuff it was it was quite a while I don't I don't say that to mean that um people were actively avoiding me I've no you know no there's no evidence to you know behind that I just uh, it was just interesting to me that uh I, I spoke to this with Dan Rosen as well like um it's kind of interesting you'd think that when a guy comes along that's doing like you said sort of what's associated with more manly type stuff um that more guys would want to kind of reach out or whatever and do some of it but um yeah, it was quite a while before I'd worked with any guys. Um, but yeah, just like you say, there's pretty much everyone in poll is a, is a female. So, um, you know, that's just the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And you connect with the right people. Like, you know, I know you were touring with Lindsay Life, who has that, that passion for really pushing things physically on the pole. So you meet the right, the right people to, to tour with or to hook up with, to coach and stuff. So I've been, yeah, infinitely fortunate with the, the, the amount of people that I've met, the kinds of people that I've met. Yeah. It's, it's really amazing. And you also, um, cause you said you just spoke with Dan Rosen. So yeah, you also have a podcast. On I do have a, a podcast. You're a person with the podcast on a podcast. You're my first person I've interviewed <laughs> that has a podcast so um tell us about it uh okay yeah so the podcast is something that i i definitely i wanted to do for a while um so i start i started it when did i start it maybe a month ago ish um three weeks ago something like that yeah about a month ago um 
I had originally, I had asked Sarah Scott to do an episode, maybe about two and a half years ago at this point. Um, it was something in my, yeah, right? Like it was something in my head that I wanted to do for a while. Um, and I just kind of, you know, I put it off or, you know, didn't get around to it, forgot about it or whatever. And, um, <clears throat> but it's, yeah, I mean, my podcast is, uh, hard to describe in that you know i don't i don't know i don't have like an elevator pitch type thing but it's you know in short it's i'm I'm sitting down and having conversations with people i find interesting about the work that they do about their kind of their mindset their philosophies and different things and um i i think the, my my struggling to explain it is kind of part of you know what kind of took me so long because um i didn't want to feel like i was going to be completely kind of bottled in to do like one thing even you know so it took it took me a while to think of like a name and like a a theme or whatever and that's how I ended up I mean it's just called the Shane Godleyman show I was gonna which, say, did you just give up on that <laughs> it, that's exactly what happened that's exactly I, I kind of it is kind of weird to kind of say hey what they people say what's your podcast called I'm like it's the Shane Godleyman show like it sounds a bit pretentious and a bit but you know it at the end of the day it was just like that's all it is really. It's just kind of me talking to people and I'd share it with other people. And I think, you know, as much pole dancers on, but you're not just pole, not just pole. Well, I mean, I'm around a lot of pole dancers, right? So I'm, I'm talking to the people that are around me. Um, so most of them are pole dancers. Most of them probably will be pole dancers for quite a long time. Um, but it's, yeah, it's not something that's specifically just for pole or just for fitness or, um, or anything or anything like that i think uh but it's it's as much as it's really cool to have in terms of it's really cool to like share it and have you know, the feedback come back and have people kind of engaging with it and it's you know it's obviously a good like marketing and network tool in terms of it you know it boosts my you know, awareness of what i'm doing or whatever but more like at the core of all of that is that it's something that i really want to do like so it's kind of it's really fun and really kind of easy for me, I guess, because I, you know, I just want to do it. This is the kind of stuff I want to do anyway. I want to sit and have these kind of conversations and, you know, dig a little deeper into some of these different things. And, you know, I don't know what it is, but I seem to look at stuff in a certain way that you know, I can kind of uh, dig a little bit deeper into some of these, some of these kind of issues or ideas or whatever, and uh, get people talking about it in a, uh, yeah, a little bit more of a richer way, I guess, than you would normally discuss some of these things. So, you know, like like what you have here, you know, taking lots of people have spoken to lots of different pole dancers and stuff. But, you know, when do you have the chance to kind of sit down and, and you know, really be like, right, like, who are you and how did you get here? Like, what's all this about? Like, it's, you know, it's fun to have that kind of um, that freedom to go a bit more long form with it. And um, yeah, so I have a podcast. I don't really know what it's about. Uh, I couldn't think of a good name, so it's called The Me Show. Uh, but it's fun. You might like it if you go check it out. Well, I've listened to a bunch of episodes, and it's great. Um, you had Thanks, you yeah. had Jason Lamb on recently. Um, I listened yeah. to Peach, Peach Lee Ray. Hers was really good. Um, Sarah Scott was really good. So... Um, and it's not the other ones weren't really good. Those are just the three that I've listened to so far. Um, but... <laughs> Um, I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes, obviously, but I like that we're like kind of interviewing the same people in the same industry, but I can tell you right now, your interviews are so different from mine. Like you come from it. I come from everything from like very feely, girly, feminine energy. And you definitely have like a more, you have a completely different perspective because of who you are. So, you know, I think it's cool to, 
we could interview the same two people and have completely different, draw different two two completely different stories from them. I think. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I I really enjoy that. Like, I say it's it's um, you know just just me asking people stuff, and um, so yeah, it's like I say it's 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 easy to kind of keep your own um, keep your own lane and not really you know be crossing over with the other stuff. So we like I say we can both both have the space and enjoy oh, yeah. enjoy the same cake. And yeah, no, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And one thing you say, okay, that um, you are interested in the psychology of fear and optimal performance. And um, yeah. yeah, you said that in, I don't know if you remember saying that, but you did say that in your <laughs> intro episode. So like, I thought that would be, because that seems like something that you apply to your coaching, the fear and the optimal mm-hmm. performance. So like, how do you see that manifest in polars? And like, how do you, um, what's your expertise dealing with that? And coaching people through that. Uh, yeah, I mean, my expertise, I don't know. I mean, you know, like I said, I've been, I've had an opportunity to work with uh, a lot of different people from a lot of different uh, situations, a lot of different backgrounds. Um, I mean, you kind of, you asked me about my role before in terms of the coaching and stuff. And we talked a bit more about the kind of the origin. I, I think my role in terms of coaching for me is I'm, I assist with problem solving. Um, you know, my, my coaching philosophy, I try and be, uh, in motion with the people that I'm working with, right? I don't want to just kind of bark steps one through five and then stand there and you, you know, you achieve it or you don't like, I feel like my, my role as a coach is to, you know, be in motion with that person, be communicating and, and try and kind of embody skills in that person rather than just kind of instruct in a, uh, in a verbal sense. Um, so I think my my expertise in terms of dealing with some of these stuff, I wouldn't call myself an expert, but you know, I just take everything from what I've learned from all the different types of people that I've that I've worked with, my own experiences, you know, trying and failing a lot of different stuff, and uh, I read a lot. So um, I've done a lot of different research in terms of uh, the fear stuff coming at it from the neuroscience, from the psychology, from the philosophy, and different things, kind of piecing all of that together. Um, so yeah, I don't know if I'm an expert, but I, I just kind of I use you know Maybe a bit of it. Was the wrong word? Like, what's your style? How about that? Yeah, it, it's. Uh, you deal I think with it's the psychology to, too, right? Yeah, so I, I think it's it's kind of conversational. Um, so I think in terms of what I deal with, um, the, the the issues that people have with fear, um, with this stuff, and um, obviously fear is you know it's a big word. There's a lot that can fall under that, but in, you know you can kind of you understand what we mean in terms of fear with like the pole and everything and the flips and different stuff like that. Um, I think that one of the biggest problems is that it's an inherent it's seen as an inherently negative thing, right? Like fear is bad. So it has it has this kind of inherent negativity to it, um, and kind of I don't know if it's with that because of that, but um, it's it tends to be something that we see as like external. So fear like happens to us, right? Like people that my, my most commonly heard phrase is "I've got the fear." <laughs> I'm always like, I, "Okay, like where did you find that? I don't know what that is. Like where did you <laughs> right?" So because like if you use the example of say like a backflip or something simple like that, like maybe I understand the steps I go to do it. And what happens? Well, I get this massive surge of like physiological sensation, right? I get all these kind of feelings, air quotes as it were, like, and something about that is associated as as kind of being negative, even though realistically it's the fact that those feelings influence my behavior or lack, lack of behavior. And that's kind of what I'm frustrated. at. I feel like the fear kind of stops me, but I don't think that that's true in the way that we're kind of packaging up fear. Like 
all of those sensations that you feel in those in those situations can be used for good right they can be helpful for your kind of situation like the reason that you like the reason that we have fear obviously it keeps us alive like it's a it's a useful tool like it's you, you it goes all the way back to like single cell organisms it's not archaic it's efficient right so but it, and and people use the, we talk about um the idea that we kind of we have these kind of ancient brains, right? That are used to like reacting to saber-toothed tigers and these big threats, and you 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 react in that same kind of way to you know nominal existential threats and you know in today's life or whatever. And, and there's like there's kind of some truth to that, but again, like the, the problem is it paints it in a way where it's like it's it's negative, like we've got too much of this fear. But what is it? Well, it's attention, really. Like our emotions for me are like the way that we engage with the world. Like when I'm scared, like. You know, say I'm, I, I was I stayed at my mum's house a couple of days ago and I was down south. They got a big house. Um, I, I've lived on my own for a few years. So I'm used to it. But uh, that house is a bit bigger. You know, it's a bit older, a bit creaky or whatever. And it was late at night and I started hearing a few different things. And I remember think, feeling a bit like, oh, I'm kind of a bit worried. And so I went to have a little look around just to kind of make sure. Right. You know, may as well just go and check the doors are closed, the windows are closed, whatever. Um, and as I'm walking around, you know, I'm a bit scatty. You know, I'm looking, you know, I'm flashing around with my eyes, every, anything that moves or, you know. But what I what I started to think about was that, you know, that, that, that big surge of, of physiological sensation was what was driving that behavior. But that, that, that uh, situation wasn't negative. It was like the lack of coherence, right? It was the idea that the, the, this was happening to me and it was something like separate. Because as soon as I started to get in tune with that, I could start to use the information from my environment that I was gaining to actually make a bit more of an informed decision. So in the first sense, I'm just flashing around and I just feel scared and I'm just like, it's just this, you know, complete separate thing. But then suddenly I'm like, oh, I'm noticing that everywhere I look, there's nothing there, right? Every, every time I check something, it's, it's done. And like, oh, that whole time, if I can absorb some of that information, you know, from those behaviors, then suddenly that whole feeling kind of changes. Suddenly that, that fear that was sort of like crippling is a bit more like powerful. So I can I can use it in a certain way. So the the similar kind of things happen when we're when we're doing like pole flips and stuff. Like my heart rate elevates a little bit, my breathing changes a little bit, and like okay, so some of that can take you to a place that's you know a little bit suboptimal. If I start you know panic breathing and stuff, I'm not going to be in a good position. But the fact that I you know I can feel every different part of my body that little it everything's more sensitive the fact that I'm more kind of attentive to every little movement that I make I'm, you know I'm more aware of exactly where the pole is exactly where the floor is like all of that can be used to inform better decision making better like behaviors in terms of I can use that to execute skills better so it, my role I guess really is trying to create coherence I try and think about the way that I, in terms of like coherence between like mind and body, if you will, not sure if that split is particularly appropriate, but it makes sense. Um, you know, I mean, I think the main thing that I try and think about with my coaching is I'm trying to coach for like awareness and I'm trying to coach for responsibility, um, which is to say, you know, this is, it's about you and you're embodying yourself in this and, you know, um, understanding where you sit in this journey because again if we use like the backflip example it's quite easy for someone to stand next to me and go oh he stood next to me he's going to spot me all right fuck it and I just kind of close my eyes and I go and I don't 
I don't, I'm not there, right? Like I, like the, my temporality of consciousness is just, I, I don't know, I'm projecting to like 10 minutes in the, in the future or whatever. I'm just not think I'm not in that moment. So I don't, so you, you know, I, you know, I spot you, you flip around, you land and you kind of go, Oh, what happened? Right. Cause I wasn't really there. Like, and so I'm trying to get you to the point where you can get a bit more comfortable with just kind of being in that moment within that motion to feel what that's like. Cause there's a lot of other sensations that you can feel that you can actually interpret and start to get a bit more comfortable with, you know, people have good spatial awareness. You can see the different types of things that trampolinists and gymnasts can do. Like you can develop your sense of spatial awareness to the point where you can't do triple backflips with seven different spins in them by just chucking yourself and hoping, right? Like that's a, that's a, that's a very specifically done thing. Right. So, um, I, I feel like, um, yeah, I try, I try to coach for, for people to understand that they need to be within themselves in that moment, especially when we're doing stuff that involves moving faster than you would generally move in your right? Cause that's another, another big thing is like, you know, we might move quickly, but when you do flips and stuff, it feels like very instantaneous. And so that you kind of associate that speed with a lack of control, right? Like I just kind of threw myself, but actually that's not really what was happening, right? You still use tension and momentum, all different stuff to create that, that movement. It's just that we've got to get you used to being in that moment, knowing that that moment happens, you know, you know, that little bit quicker. Um, and then from the other side of it is, you know, the awareness thing um, is, you know, part of it's the obvious stuff in terms of you like you need to know what you're doing. Right. Like that's mostly my role in terms of these are steps one through three, one through four or whatever. But the other thing that's important, I feel like, is I need to know what I'm afraid of, like specifically what I'm afraid of, because what tends to happen is you can't you think of like, I want to ignore my fears because what I'm going to attract what I think about. Right. And, you know, so if I'm worried about this, that's what will happen. And there's some kind of truth to that. If all I'm thinking about is landing on my head as I'm trying to do a flip. Yeah, maybe I put my head in a weird position. But if I leave everything undefined, everything's up for guesswork. So I get I, I, bec- I succumb to all these crazy uh, irrational kind of biases that I, you know, I've, everything seems like it's going to be worse. Like if I don't really think about it, it's like, I'm just going to jump. I'm going to tuck. Everything is going to explode. The world will finish and you know, it'll just be eternal death. And so let's just not do that. Like, whereas if I start even just something as simple as like, why are you worried about this? Well, I don't want to land on my head. Okay. Well, first of all, that seems perfectly reasonable, right? Like there's no need to be worried about the fact that you don't want to land on your head. That seems like a very good feeling to have. But then immediately after that, you, you start, to, it's easier to then start to ask questions like, how would I avoid landing on my head? Right. And so suddenly I can start to like bridge this gap a little, I can fill in these gaps a little bit. And again, I'm more informed on the whole experience rather than just kind of trying to kind of skirt through it. Um, yeah, I know that was all like very kind of scattered. and. No, I think it made sense. Like it, it's, you're trying to bring to the table not just technical proficiency, like your hand goes here, you have to tuck now and do this, do this. You're bringing um, the idea of mind control and mind awareness, which is just as important of a part as like the technical physical part, because that's that's kind of like that. That kind of leads it to the human optimization, right? That you're going for like. 
the totally. mind and body, like you said at the beginning, it did make sense. Totally. It did connect it's, to the mind and body. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, yeah, it, it, I mean, it's the whole experience, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, part of my reason for struggling to kind of describe some of this stuff, like I did a seminar on fear at the Pole World Festival the last weekend in the UK. Oh, cool. and, I kind of, and I kind of said to everyone, listen, like, I'd love to have a six step bullet point thing that I could just give you that, like, you know, makes it like this is complicated and hard and takes time. Like, you know, the, the, the human experience is very complex how and when or if it even happens is is also very complex so you know it's hard to be like this is the start and this is the finish this is you know what begins and what end like so you know it's a lot of it is just complicated so it's you know i i, tr- I also try not try and make sure that i'm not selling the idea that you know i'm going to give you you know the magic tablet as it were and you can just kind of be rid of these yeah. be rid of these things well it's something you apply to your entire life for sure it's not just something that would be pool specific. It seems like, but, yeah. yeah, people can come into that awareness through your, through pool, you know, and then apply it outside of their lives. Absolutely. And I mean, I don't think it's much, it's much, uh, it's too dissimilar from what a lot of other people do. You know, if I go to say one of Marlowe's flow workshops and I just do the movements, like I've missed most of the workshop, right? Like, yeah. You know, if you don't, if I'm not connecting with the feeling, with the awareness, you know, I, I've not, I've not had the pleasure of doing one of her workshops, but I know she talks a lot about somatics and, you know, different kind of ways of thinking about moving and using your body and, and, and you know, who you are as a person, you know, interpret, interpreting and exploring it through those things. And so I could go and I could get the technical steps one through six. And, but, you know, if that's all I come away with, it doesn't, like you say, it doesn't go anywhere else. You know, when you, if you can kind of embody this, this notion of being able to address these fears, this, this idea of being able to move forward, even though everything feels like, you know, I'm supposed to run away. That translates to a lot more than just doing tucks and walkovers and stuff like Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be cool. Are you planning on having people on your podcast who are like, maybe like, um, well-versed in neuroscience and things like that can, can absolutely yeah. absolutely i've got quite a few people on the list and oh, nice. yeah got some exciting people coming up and yeah definitely looking forward to exploring exploring some of that a little bit more yeah definitely yeah because i mean especially like over here like i talk a lot about feelings and and emotions and things from that sense but it doesn't mean that i mean i would be so interested hearing more about everything you're talking about, which is like controlling our emotions or how being in control of where our mind goes when we're doing all of this and controlling those so that they work in our favor and not against us. That's such an important part of pull too. Yeah. And yeah, well, I think it's, yeah, that, that, that you're definitely right. I think, but there's also, you know, kind of the other side of it as well is that, you know, it's not all just about kind of controlling in terms of like manipulating emotions. Like some of it is like, like you all have talked about, like being in tune with some of this, like mm-hmm. being able to kind of sit back and recognize like, what are these different things trying to, trying to tell us about, you know, all these kind of different physiological feelings or different systems engaging with your environment in some way. Like there is, there's, there are messages within these yeah. things, if you it's will, not, not to sound too fighting it. I guess it may be sound like that's what I'm saying. So like not fighting it, but like using it towards your, to your, your absolutely. Good. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you're exactly right. Nice. Cool. Well, I'm looking forward to those episodes and hearing you yeah. talk about it more, too. Um, but at yeah. this point, we're going to jump into the second part of the interview with the questions I ask everyone. So, okay. who is your pole crush? Oh, damn. I forgot about these, pictures, uh, these questions. Um, 
Yeah, this this was a this is a hard one because I feel like I've got you know I watch a lot of different people for a lot of different reasons. Um, you can cite more than one. We're not super strict on this one. <laughs> I think um, you know I watch a lot of the Russian guys um, for inspiration in terms of like tricks and flips and things. Um, Dmitry Politov was the was the big one for me. Um, so I'd probably have to shout him out. Um, a lot of, the, I mean, all of those guys, um, but I can't pronounce most of their names, um, <laughs> just being honest. Um, I think I think someone else I get a lot of inspiration from in a lot of different ways would be Hannah Rose Keynes. Um, she's from the UK, uh, a little less well-known, which is a shame because she's a phenomenal pole dancer. Uh, very, very creative. And um, she has a lot of, like, it weird in not a reductive way like you kind of you know odd strange little transitions and things and lots of lots of funky stuff i would say um oh, nice. so i like I, I like watching her stuff i usually can't do it but it's usually a good a good start to be like okay well i can't do that so how do i make this more reasonable yeah. um you know yeah you know yeah but there's a lot of people um michelle bishka australian pole dancer um She's amazing as well, just super powerful. Um, yeah, I guess those three would be the best to show out. Nice. Good group right there. And how would you like to see the pole community evolve over the next five years? Oh, yeah, another tough one. I mean, <laughs> I I don't know if I have any particular feelings about how it should evolve. You know, I feel like much of the same mostly would be the would be the quick answer um you know i've i've had a few people like i said i've had a few pollers on my show and we uh, we've talked a little bit about kind of progression of the industry and stuff and uh the olympic thing and the whole you know sport the sexy type thing and um you know some some of that type stuff you know for me personally i share the same views as a lot of the people that come with me i'm not sure about the olympic thing i'm not sure if that's you know the best idea in terms of progressing the culture mm. it progresses the industry um it That's progresses it progresses you know certain people economically i feel like if the if pole gets in the olympics i do well right like being known for doing flips and acrobatic stuff some of that stuff's going to be you know that's going to be big and um you know i can i could i could work with that but i don't think it's a great idea for you know for the culture um just because I feel like it, you know, that that becomes the mainstream, that becomes the commonly known and the commonly associated. So, like you, you guys have said before, like everything else gets pushed to the back, to the side. That's like the alternate, you know, that's the the other thing, which again isn't necessarily a bad thing. You know, I I think probably just to kind of tie that off, I don't think it matters. I've always made the same example as like with like hip hop and street dance and things. I mean, like we we use we've used the word street dance before, like. But th- that word isn't being used in the way that, you know, street dance isn't a style. It's yeah. not a style. Like you can go to a studio and you can take a class that's called street dance and, you you know, you do some choreography to some Usher or Drake or, you know, whatever's, I don't know, this to the radio. Uh, you know, there's whatever it is, it's that same. Right. But street dance originally is an umbrella term for the different dance styles within the hip hop culture. Right. Like originally pop in, lock in and break in. But, you know, we've now had all these different films, your step-ups, your street dance films, all this kind of stuff, and now street dance is thought of as that stuff that Channing Tatum does. But the prob- the thing is, is it's not really a problem because you can go anywhere and find, air quotes, real hip-hop, mm-hmm. right? Like, you can go anywhere and find people that are in it for the culture, like they're 
that you know they know the history like they're you know they're culture heads right like you know you you've had a lot of people on that are you know closer towards that core of the culture some of the originators some like how do you plan on shutting those people up right like how do you plan on stopping those people from doing like they're not going anywhere it's not happening right so I think, you know, I don't have a problem with the idea of the Olympics. I think ultimately in terms of the culture, it maybe becomes a bit of a shame in that, you know, there should be more props for, you know, the creators of the culture that you're able to operate in. Um, but at the same time, you know, people, you know, you, everyone's going to do what they're going to do. So, um, you know, for me, yeah, for the original question, not much. I think, you know, do you think? <laughs> yeah, do you think? I think with the Olympic thing, um, it is, you know, we've, it's, it's good to know, of course, it's going to go whatever direction it's going to go and yeah, that's right. going to be all directions, but it's just good to know what to be aware of and to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. So if it does happen, be aware that as a community, we have to be able to respond to this and we have to be stronger because of that. Um, and there are things like, I think we talk about skateboarding a lot, right? How like, mm-hmm. maybe we are more like a skateboarding community where like, we can do X games, and we can do more, um, we could do competitions that are maybe a bit more edgy, but that still maintains like that creative style. Right. Um, right. Of it. Yeah, and it's still kind of, we, they, they, we still kind of have like that community that is like inherently our own because it doesn't belong to everyone where I guess maybe when it does go to the Olympics, it is everyone does. There's not as much of the corporate interest and stuff. And yeah, I mean, I I think the skateboarding example is a good one because, you know, I would, I know, you know, I know strip clubs are indoors, but I think that, you know, it's a street culture at the end of the day, right? It's, it's, it's underground. It's, it's people, Right, it's people operating in the way that they would naturally operate without kind of you know the government in the way or you know the different kind of things like the different kind of corporate uh, corporate involvements or whatever. And um, yeah, no, I agree. I think that's a good a good example. I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, talk about skateboarding though. You know, a lot of those guys, you know, aren't that big on the X Games anymore because, yeah. like I say, it did start as that, and then you know now there's a bit too many logos, a bit too much corporate interest, a bit too many people, you know, being funded for certain, and it all becomes a little bit. Kind of, you know, I think Pole at the moment is just such a beautiful place where it, it is, you know, it, it is small, but not that small, right? It's, it's a big, it's a big community um, and everyone owns their own stuff. Everyone owns, like, this is, this is, this is rare. Like, I, I think, I think a lot of people really appreciate, like, the position that everyone is in at the moment where, you know, you, you have access to this massive community and, you know, no, you don't have to go through anyone. Like that, that, you know, That's one day it might not be like that. And, you know, these will, these will very literally be the good old days, right? Yeah, so because we always, MTV and, you know. yeah, before Red Bull or whatever. Right, right, you know, exactly. Red Bull does allow for big competitions to happen and for people to get paid. So it is kind of like we're teetering uh, and it's going to have to go that way because people will need to get paid, but kind of appreciate what we have right now that's a good way of looking at it yeah, totally. see, see the positive and that we we aren't there yet or be cognizant of it so if you know when we do start getting the inevitable sponsorships and stuff do it responsibly maybe you don't need you know pepsi and mcdonald's and blah blah, blah where you're just kind of like selling right. your soul maybe we'll be more conscious of like the deals that we make that are like in line with 
with what we're trying to put out there. So, right, and I think that will happen because you know everyone's pretty proactive. I think it might have been uh, Shimmy's episode on on this show actually, where she talked about having reached out to Red Bull mm-hmm. um, and yeah. then not, you know, and it, you know, I think it's good, better that way, better that people like Shimmy reach out and get rejected than everyone be passive and because because event like I say eventually it's coming. Some of that stuff coming from somewhere, you know, however it happens, we don't know. But, you know, if 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 the people that are really about the culture are passive about that side of things because they don't agree with it, well, they're going to pick someone else up. Yeah. Like you say, someone else who doesn't care uh, or not doesn't care. That's a really, you know, it's not a good way to say it, but, you know, isn't as passionate about the same things. Right. They'd have the same values. And so they'll be quicker to skimp out on, you know the creative control they'll let them edit it in a certain way you know they'll let them dress them up in a certain or what you know whatever it is i don't know right yes. so, but yeah i think it's good that people are you know trying to like you say be cognizant of that and be aware of it and yeah yeah well said <laughs> <laughs> and so um i'm gonna put all of your social media and the link to your show in the show notes what else do you have coming up that you can share with people if they're um so or just like invite you to come because you're um, a pole whore, so you'll just go sleep on couches. Yeah, if you, <laughs> they want definitely you. give me a shout if you want me to come see you. Um, I think the main thing now, uh, I'm going to be writing a book, um, oh. so I'm going to be writing. I'm going to be writing on on fear and every, kind of expanding and talking a bit more concisely on the stuff that we've kind of talked about today. Will it be pole uh, focused or more broad audience. It, I mean, it will be like athlete focused. Okay. Um, it won't be anything that, you know, won't be able to relate to pole because that is, you know, most of the people that I work with, yeah. but it isn't everyone that I work with. So, um, yeah, it, it, for all intents and purposes, yes, but it's going to be, you know, for athletes in general, it's not going to be a big, you know, 300 page book. It's going to be quite a, a smaller one just to start off with. But, uh, again, just kind of expanding on some of these ideas and it's not like a how to, you know, I won't have six steps to eradicate your fear type thing, but, um, you know, it's just more kind of background information and understanding, you know, the complexity and the, uh, the richness of everything, that whole experience and everything you're kind of working with. So that will be the next thing. I don't have any kind of dates or anything for that yet, but, um, yeah, won't be too long. So you can keep an eye out for that. Cool. Oh, good for you. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So then before I let you go, can you leave us with an empowering message or story or quote, something to sign off with? Um, yeah, I really should have like picked out specific answers for these, but shouldn't I? That's probably why you sent them to me. Um, <laughs> the thing is, like, I kind of saw that and I thought like, you know, maybe I'll scour through my books and try and find this, you know, the, the perfect quote, you know, um, but that would have taken too long. Um, I think one of the, one of the thing I, I, there's too much to choose from. So it's like, I think, but one of the things that I have been thinking about a little bit more, it's maybe not the best kind of quote in some senses, but I think in others it, it kind of is, there was a quote by uh, a biologist from, uh, I think it's from like the 50s or 60s, it doesn't matter. Um, Gene Rostrand, his name was, um, and the quote was theories come, theories go, the frog remains. And what he's talking about is just that um, we, there's always different competing ideas and different competing opinions. And, you know, we always feel like we've got a bit more information, we'll a bit of that closer to the truth or whatever. And and, and these things, they, they all crumble. You know, the earth was flat. Now it's round, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like 
the, the the limits of our understanding are always kind of fluctuating and things and but the the problem is still there right the issue is still there or the thing that you're looking at or you're interested is still there um and i think that kind of it's important to understand on on sort of two sides of the same kind of coin you know in terms of some of the the politics and the, the culture and the growth and stuff of that like i think it's important on that side because like I said, at the end of the day you know the culture's still here the, you know, the poll's still here so we've got to do something about it you know it can't just be all the bickering this that and the other but the same thing with like your personal progress and your and your training and stuff like people get caught up so much in the in the planning and the you know this the tiny little nominal details and they never really get started so the frog runs away right like so you know it, it, i guess in in short you know got to get on with it because you know there's work to be done <laughs> yeah that was that was a very unique. Uh, I don't. I was like, Where yeah, is yeah. he taking this? Okay. Right. Right. I know. I know. That's I that's like me. It. I'm sorry. I know. No, we don't apologize for who we are here on Pole Parlor. So I rescind my yeah. apology. <laughs> good. Good. Thank you so much, Shane. It was really fun talking with you and getting your yeah, perspective. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, and I'm so excited to keep following your podcast. And um, awesome. Yeah. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Pole Parlor podcast. Want more? Visit poleparlor.com for show notes and to link to the Facebook group where you can connect with other poleaholics and continue the conversation. Listen to past episodes and subscribe to new episodes on the website, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Lots of love, babes. Thanks for listening.